my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Marketing School, the only podcast that provides daily top-level marketing tips and strategies from entrepreneurs that practice what they preach and live what they teach. Let's start leveling up your marketing knowledge with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Today, we're going to talk about how to nail your public speaking performance. So we are in the midst, I'm speaking about Neil and myself, we're in the midst of kind of speaking season. Recently, we just spoke at Dubai. Recently, we're also going to be speaking at a SaaS conference together. So we just happen to be speaking at conferences together. And actually, I'm going to get Neil a speaking slot at a SaaS conference in Europe as well. So Neil, get ready for that next week. You're going to meet the organizer of that. So we're in the midst of it. I thought we would share some tips and tricks on how we've done speaking over the years. And hopefully this helps. Neil? I think the biggest mistake people make when they speak at a conference is they just figure out a title based on what they think is going to be great or what the event organizer thinks is going to be great and they create a presentation around it. To really nail your speech at all, first starts with understanding the audience. So what I like to do is I like talking to the event organizer, whoever's throwing the event, and be like, who's the attendee? What's the average revenue? What type of businesses do they have? What problems are they facing? What are they looking to solve? And you just go through questions related to your industry. So we're in marketing. So awesome questions related to marketing. Like what are the attendees looking to really solve with their marketing? Do they actually have businesses? Are they in B2B? Are they B2C? Once I have an understanding of all this, it can then help me formulate a right title and the right topic. And then I'll brainstorm with them, come up with some ideas, and then I will go and create the presentation. Now, when I first started creating presentations, I was always a big believer, step-by-step actions, create the best presentation. 
And although that can help you create amazing presentation, it doesn't necessarily mean it creates the best presentation. What I found to really nail it, other than understanding the audience and having a topic that they really want to know about that solves their problems, I found that if you include step-by-step action items, plus stats and data and trends on where things are moving and with whatever you're talking about, those two combined really can help create a great presentation. I found that when you include a lot of stats and data, a lot of people take pictures, they're super engaged. And what we do is we either let people know they can email someone on our team to get the decks, or we'll put a QR code where they can just scan and download the slides right after. Cool. So for my end, similar vein, I learned this when I first started speaking. I have a very simple question. I just asked the organizer, what's a home run? And so from there, they'll just kind of talk. It's like, hey, this is what the audience is. This is what they look like. You can get more specific. I do like some of the questions that Neil asked with you know, the revenue. What are they looking to get? What are the goals? But I just ask, what's a home run out the gate? And what I've learned in the very beginning, I used to get really nervous going up. Now I don't really get nervous when I go up to speak. But when I used to get nervous, the problem with that is because I was being selfish, meaning that I was thinking about myself. And that's what happens to most people. You're thinking about how you look. You're thinking about how presentable you are. But the reality is nobody cares about you. Like the people that are watching you, they don't give two craps about you. They're like in it for themselves. Like what's the home run for them? What are they going to get out of the time investment they get from putting their butts down and watching you for 20 to 30 minutes or so? So once you flip that mindset and it's just about, hey, what's in it for them? What's in it for them? How much can I give? How much can I give? It becomes so much easier. It's just like having a conversation. And before you know it, the time is over and then everyone's like, oh my God, good talk. It's almost like you just felt like you were talking right? And it wasn't like you felt like you were getting judged because I very much felt like I was getting judged at the beginning, but that's just not the case. You get judged if you suck, but if you if you do a good job of teaching, you're going to be good to go. So one thing that I want to call out too is recently, Neil and I were speaking at this conference. A lot of the talks were about AI. So they were picking a trending topic, but they were writing that topic, but I don't know how good the talks were. I can't speak to that, but The reality is, as of this recording right now, we do believe, Neil and I believe that long-term AI is going to be amazing. It's going to be way more than what we think it is right now. We do think short-term it's a little overhyped right now. And so when you see like four or five of the main stage talks about AI, there's like a little imbalance there. And so just keep in mind, if you're going to ride a trend, make sure you actually have something to say. Make sure you have stats to back it up, not just that you're riding the trend. The other thing I'll say too is this. I don't really practice that much, but now I will say like, I, or I used to not practice that much, but now I will at least try to go through one round of my talk. That way I'll have a much better sense of when I should pause, when I should, you know, move some things around in a slide. So that you just do one practice run. It helps if you want to do a couple practice runs, that's helpful as well. And you know, it is what it is. And to Neil's point, I'll double down on the stats and trends. People just love stats and trends. So share as much as you can. If you can share frameworks as well, people love frameworks, right? Like here's the content sprouting framework. And every time I share that, I see all the cameras come out, right? And then you can also share you know, your email address, obviously how to contact you. You can share a QR code if you want, but sometimes people get a little scared that they're going to get hacked because it's a, like a link. So just be careful on that. But I do know that when I put the QR code up last week to subscribe to our email newsletter, we got double the amount that we usually get in a day. So that was pretty good. Anything else, Neil? Yeah. Eric does mention that you should rehearse. I rehearse around like four or five times before I speak. It's a lot. When I rehearse, what I mean by that is I just go through my slides in the order. And when I'm speaking on stage, I always request that they have, and some conferences aren't able to do this, my current slide as well as my next slide. 
it makes the transitions much easier. And keep in mind the monitor is going to be far away and smaller. So when you have stats and trends and data, make sure you know it like the back of your hands and that way it's easier for you to speak. Making your deck is super important and it transitioning and flowing really well. Don't put too much stuff on each slide so that way people have some main takeaways. Make sure the slides flow and transition. What I like to do before I make my slides is I put down in a Word document every little thing that I want to cover and I'll do like slide one, slide two, slide three and I just break it down and then I send it to my team once I know it flows and then they just go end up making the presentation. That's, that's the hack now. That's how Neil makes his decks. Word. Uh-huh. <laughs> Google Word. <laughs> and then Microsoft Word. Oh, Microsoft uh-huh. Word. <laughs> and then once they end up making it, then I go through it, modify it, adjust it, and just make sure it flows and it looks good. Yep. Look, there's a rule from uh, Guy Kawasaki. Most people probably don't know who he is anymore, but he used to be like Apple's evangelist. And he has this rule that I like. It's called the 10, 20, 30 rule. So this means, I think it's presentation should have 10 slides last no more than 20 minutes and contain no font smaller than 30 points. So I'm not saying that should be the golden rule that you should follow. But the point here is that a lot of slides, when you're starting on the very beginning, it's like easy to want to list a bunch of bullet points on a slide. Don't do that. Like if you just have like one kind of phrase and then like a nice picture and then you can tell a story around it, that's a lot more powerful. And so one key point on each slide, ideally, and then, you know, keep it snappy. I'm not saying you should follow 10 slides. I mean, the reality is, you know, for my slides next week for SAS Open, I think I have like 60 or 70 and I'm supposed to get it done in 20 minutes. And, you know, I've done it before. So I think Neil's kind of the same deal. You're like, what, 50, 60, 70? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So you just got to get used to it. You got to rehearse and, you know, stay within the time constraints. But that's a key point because, again, like people are going to gloss, their eyes are going to gloss over if you have like a bunch of text, a wall of text on a slide. And that is a rookie mistake. So that is it for today. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And we will pick a lucky winner to come live to call in and we'll answer a question live. So that is it for today. And we will see you tomorrow. We appreciate you joining us for this session of Marketing School. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit marketingschool.io for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you find true marketing success. That's marketingschool.io. Until next time, class dismissed. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. 
This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 